0: Make March Madness a moneymaker with MyBookie. Getting started is easy. Visit MyBookie online and use promo code ZABE to receive a deposit bonus up to $1,000. Grab your extra funds now and for a limited time, claim a free entry into the $150,000 MyBookie Madness Bracket Contest for a chance at the big money. If you're the type of guy who likes to fill out multiple brackets to get an advantage, you can do that too. The price of entry is less than an Uber, all for a shot at life-changing amounts of moolah. With so many brands to choose from, you need a platform that makes it simple to bet and simple to win and simple to get paid, like MyBookie. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. You've heard me talk about Tacovas, the company carrying on all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. Well, longtime listener Jeremy emailed me to say, Zabe, I was on a work trip to Austin, knew about Takovas from the podcast, stopped into the store. Next thing you know, I've got a damn good pair of boots and I'm looking sharp with a nice buzz to boot. Giddy up.
1: On. a rope, and it's blocked pulled down by minsa they have the one timeout are they going to take it or not they don't have the scores on the floor it's butler with two seconds he's got to put it up and he wins it he wins it with the jumper a san diego state miracle oh,
0: oh, 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 oh. here we go The Butler did it, Lamont Butler, mid-range jumper with .5 left on the clock after a brilliant get-out-of-the-way-and-just-let-it-happen call by head coach Brian Dutcher of San Diego State. And there it is, another shining moment to put on the pile. This year's One Shining Moment video is going to be an absolute banger with all the moments that we have had. And then UConn happened on Saturday night. So, yes, there you go. The final four is almost in the books. Championship game is tonight. Don't have the results of the women's game in today's podcast because we taped it beforehand. But we'll talk about it, no doubt, on tomorrow's edition of the Zabcast. Thank you for downloading. You'll get more from this 30 minutes today than just about any other podcast about sports and more. So let's get cracking. First of all, it's the first ever Final Four buzzer beater that took a loss to a win. That's right. The first ever in the Final Four buzzer beater, which means the ball has to be in the air when the lights go on and the horn goes... Mah! And now, sadly, the referees, no matter how clear it is, which this one was clear, the referees are trained to just be killjoys. You heard after that highlight, all the whistles like, hold on, everybody, hold on. We got to look at it on the monitor. Why can't they just not? First of all, blowing their whistles does nothing. <laughs> it calms nobody down. It stops nobody from rushing on the court. It does nothing. It is akin to, uh, who was it in Animal House, blowing the whistle as the parade went off the rails. So stop blowing your whistle. Wait, we got to look at it. No, you don't. How about this? Look at it quietly under the assumption of, yes, we're not idiots. There's three of us. And we clearly saw the ball halfway to the rim When the red light, the giant red light on the backboard, which is why they put it there for easy visual reference and confirmation of did the shot get off. When the ball is halfway there on a jumper and you see the red light and you hear the horn, there's three of you idiots out there just quietly walk to the scorers table and go, Okay, we didn't lose our minds, right? That was easily good. Yes, good. Done. Boom. Don't make the coaches stand there waiting with their arms folded, looking up at the Jumbotron. Stop ruining the moment! Am I yelling? I'm already yelling. Sorry. We're two minutes into the week of the Zabecast, and I'm already worked up, and I'm yelling. Uh, before we get to Andy Paul in the final four the Commander sale that is still stuck and not yet happening, the Caitlin Clark phenomenon. Pitch Clock results from week weekend number 1 of baseball and more. Let's start with this. Losing reveals character. It does not necessarily build character. Now, in the case of Dawn Staley, she once again showed us who she was in defeat. Losing again has revealed her character, and her character is unfortunately very, very much in need of elevation. She got coached and outcoached badly. And I would understand why she would want to change the subject of, so you had one, you had one job as the saying goes, stop Caitlin Clark. Well, nobody could stop her, you know, save. well, there's ways to slow her down. Did not choose to double her in any meaningful way at any point in the game. Basically said, well, if she beats us, she beats us. We're just going to have to take, oh, what? what's that? Oh, she did beat us. Fuck. Maybe we should have made some of the other players on the court beat us. She got outcoached. She choked as a coach. This is a Iowa team. That's a great story, but they are a beatable Iowa team. They've lost six times this year. And South Carolina has been an absolute unit, a juggernaut of a team. Dawn Staley choked as a coach. So I understand why she would want to change the conversation, change the subject. But to do it by putting forth some very vile and completely unsubstantiated racial slurs that she claims people have used against her team is a really low bar. And Dawn Staley has once again limboed under that bar. She told the media after the game in defeat, don't call our team barfighters, thugs, or monkeys. What? Who said that? Who wrote that? The only reference that had any sort of verifiable connection was Barfight? And that was the Iowa coach who said, man, they're so tall and so tough on the offensive glass. It's like getting into a bar fight with them, but didn't call them per se bar fighters. I don't know anyone that wrote or called them thugs on the record. I don't, I certainly, don't you think if somebody would have said or written a slur like monkeys, it would have been immediately called out. Of course. She was vague in really referencing, well, who, what? But she just had to put it out there. And this is par for the course because it's the same Dawn Staley who canceled their game against BYU at the start of the season because of a volleyball incident between Duke and BYU, not even South Carolina, but Duke and BYU over a purported racial slur that was purportedly uttered at a volleyball game by a purported BYU supporter, none of which was ever substantiated in any way, shape, or form. BYU made the mistake of just jumping right away and apologizing and saying the person who had said the slur had been kicked out of the arena and would never be permitted back. But then they did their own investigation, like, you know what? This didn't happen. By then it was too late, though. And so Dawn Staley in her virtue signaling, watch me fight for the cause said, I'm not, I'm going to cancel our, our date, our home and home with BYU. I mean, this is who she is. You can't do this. Not on the biggest stage. I mean, you can, but you shouldn't. It is completely unhealthy because people of fair mind will absolutely join the fight. If people say things that are racially tinged or otherwise out of bounds like, you can't call their team a bunch of thugs. Hell, I lived through the old Don Imus episode involving uh, women's basketball, in which his career was uh, damaged, not beyond repair, but certainly taken into a, a course that was very difficult to defend. I can't remember if he was fired, and I'll ask Andy about that. But, yeah, we'll, people of good mind and good character will join the fight when something truly outrageous is said, but you can't just put it out there like, oh, they're calling us thugs and monkeys. What? Topic two before we get to Andy. Yay, sports. (laughs) This is the perfect soundbite to encapsulate, I think, the essence of sports, which is the nature of, oh, our team is good all of a sudden. Here, let me go cheer for them and maybe pretend like I've been a fan for a long time. <laughs> or, or maybe not even pretend, maybe just go cheer for them and make no apologies whatsoever. This is a local news report from San Diego, California, after the Aztecs' big win on Saturday night. <laughs> she has to be told right away. No swearing. Never mind. There's a mic flag. There's a professional cameraman here. What part of it? I'm sure these young gals, they drop the F bomb so often they don't even think about it. Oh my
1: God. I. Chris, to say the least, I then at the last fucking, what, 17
0: seconds? No swearing. Yeah, no swearing. Um, how did you guys feel? Oh my gosh. It was insane. Insane. Coming up and down. We came here and we're like, we gotta celebrate more. We gotta celebrate more. Amazing. Yeah, been- yes, yeah, sports. <laughs> Name two players on your team. <laughs> Name the coach. How many games have you been to? W- wins their next game against who? <laughs> All these questions, I'm sure, would have stumped this drunky chick and her buddy. But you know what? Sports. It's a big tent. Come on in, enjoy the food and drink, it's free. Feel that rush of, yay, go team! The team from my geographic area is better than the team from your geographic area, and we are about to prove it by defeating you in this sport of choice, whatever that sport may be. Coming up, Andy Paul and my longtime colleague, co-host, and mentor of sorts on the Team 980 for almost 16 years. And the Sports Reporters, this is the Cast. You know, we're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match. Make March Madness a moneymaker with MyBookie. Getting started is easy. Visit MyBookie online and use promo code ZABE to receive a deposit bonus up to $1,000. Grab your extra funds now and for a limited time, claim a free entry into the $150,000 MyBookie Madness Bracket Contest for a chance at the big money. If you're the type of guy who likes to fill out multiple brackets to get an advantage, you can do that too. The price of entry is less than an Uber, all for a shot at life-changing amounts of moolah. With so many brands to choose from, you need a platform that makes it simple to bet and simple to win and simple to get paid, like MyBookie. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. I hope you enjoyed the cherry blossoms, because after that windstorm last night, I think they're all gone, right, at this point? Yeah, yeah. That'll be be gone. I I had the pleasure of turning off the UConn game on a Saturday night with a 20-point lead, knowing, you know what, I don't think I'm going to miss anything. And I woke up and found out that, no, I did not miss anything, except for the bench getting emptied uh, by Danny Hurley late in that game. You believe me going to bed early on a Saturday night? Of all things,
1: uh, I'm thinking you're stealing a page out of my book. Uh, are you? Uh, are you getting <laughs> that far up in age that uh, that you're going to bed what before? Because it ended like
0: what eleven fifteen or so. It wasn't, it wasn't that even that. Late. It wasn't even that late. No, it was sort of. Uh, you know what? This was a message, Andy. I'm trying to send because I'm trying to change my life to be healthier. And the message I was trying to send to Big Sports Incorporated. Mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck what game is on and when it's on and how late. My bedtime is 10 o'clock. Ooh, wow. My bedtime is 10 off. o'clock and it's at 10 o'clock on the weekends when possible as well.
1: Huh. Oh, that's, uh, that's impressive.
0: Sort of uh-huh. like a, sort of like a sacrifice on the altar of mm-hmm. the gods to say, you know what? I could stay up. I don't have to wake up early on Sunday, but fuck you. Like, I'm going to try to apply this throughout the rest of the calendar year, and that includes all the late NFL games that occur on Sunday night and on Monday nights. It may even apply to any Packer games that are late on Sunday or Monday night, although without Aaron Rodgers, they may only have one or two this year.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But I'm going to schedule comes out next month, right? right? Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what they do. Oh, with Green Bay, which has always had the max, right? That's, they, they, they always, you know. ma- yeah,
0: they've been maxed out on these primetime games for shoot, 10 years, almost maybe more. I don't know. Well, with
1: Favre, yeah, I would think 20 years.
0: And I think a lot of fans are actually not, not exactly dreading it. They, they, they like that. There's a, there's a beauty to a noon Lambo game in early winter or late fall. It's perfect, mm-hmm. you know? You get there, oh, it's yeah, broad daylight, it. you get to tailgate. Uh, these late-night games are not nearly as fun for the fans that go to the game. So, anyway. I
1: loved, I loved Central Time. I lived in <laughs> Texas for six years. Central Time was great. That's fabulous time, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah.
0: So anyway, UConn looks like a damn unit. They got everything. They got two seven-footers. They got the best shooter in the country. He wasn't even healthy, fully healthy. He had been battling a bug of some sort last night, Jackson. And uh, uh, they, it looks like they're going to be f- heavy favorites tonight, as a matter of fact. Uh, seven and a half is the number uh, against San Diego State. Your thoughts on UConn?
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, they, they looked at the beginning of the year like the best team in the country. And and were for quite a while. This six-game losing streak that they had in January—it's hard to explain. But right. they come in, they come into the tournament looking really good. And I heard Jay Billis say this. He, he looked at the field and he said, "Wow, yeah, I, UConn is a four seed." He said, "I I think they have the the opportunity to win it all." And then he started studying and he went, "Hmm, Arizona looks really really good." He picked them to win it all. They went out in the first I know. round. I know. <laughs> but but. I, I think that that uh, you know you take out the six game losing streak by by far they've been the best team in the country this year and clearly the best team in this tournament they really haven't been challenged yet that's five games and it's all been pretty much cakewalk.
0: So wait, UConn lost six in a row, or they just lost six games in the span of like eight games early in the oh, conference season?
1: Uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not sure about that. I could check that, but I, I Here, I'll, I look, it, I'll six, look it up right now. UConn
0: results team. basketball. Yeah, they had a wobble early on, and it was. I think there was an injury or two, and also they needed to figure some things out. But you know, Hurley made some tweaks and adjustments, and they've been mm-hmm. outstanding ever since. They crushed every non-conference opponent during the regular season that they played—just double-digit yeah. crushing.
1: Yeah, the, the family dynamic there is is really cool. Uh, I, I didn't realize this until I read this this week. The, the father, Bob Hurley, who's one of the great high school coaches of all time, and a you know, great story. He was a, a police detective for a long time, or a parole officer for for a career and did this as a sideline. Right. Uh, passed up chances to, you know, take college basketball jobs and, you know, lived in Jersey City with his family. And then the two sons. This is such a, a, an interesting tale and a, a dynamic that probably happens in a lot of families. Bobby Hurley, who's just a little bit older, goes on to become one of the great college basketball players uh, in his era and leads Duke to two national championships. Uh, might have had a good NBA career had he not had a really bad car accident. And then the son, Danny, is essentially a failed college player at Seton Hall. But, you know, tortoise and hare, in the long run, he becomes the better coach and is probably going to win a national championship tonight.
0: That is a, that is a great Story there, the whole the whole Hurley experience from yeah. start to finish. Now you say that Danny Hurley rubs some people the wrong way.
1: Yeah, he's he's known for for being pretty prickly, and <laughs> uh, and he had he had. I remember there was one the uh, Maryland played them a couple of years ago, maybe three years ago, and uh, he and Mark Turgeon at the end of the game, it was it was very very. Uh, tense. I think he's had some other things along the way, but you know, maybe it's that competitive fire that he's got in him. I don't know. What but, do you uh, think,
0: though? What do you expect, though, from the son of a Jersey police chief? True, true. To be yeah,
1: that's yeah.
0: I will know, say Danny Hurley has found his ultimate bride. Take a listen to Andrea Hurley, as wife.
1: But then there's those few Cross that are. I mean, you like to curse? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That yeah. are
0: assholes. Oh, so after. <laughs> they're assholes. To say that?
1: Yes, that it's just like who the frig are you? It's like these guys are working their ass off. Yeah. it's if you're not with us, you're against us. And yeah. go go up the road to Providence. I think they need it more assholes wow. because they have tons of them. Like I don't like that shit. These I'm are like, these kids. Like if you are not with us, you're against us. And it's a shame that a few of these fans, like they oh. get to our kids. They get to. They're my kids. They, don't get in my kids' head.
0: Do you because mind if I borrow that from you tonight? You so when the UConn friends come messing with me, you like, yo, take your ass to Providence to get out of take my face. Take your ass to prop me. the
1: road. They they're, they're a bunch of jerk-offs, so go.
0: <laughs> I, would say, I yeah. would say Danny Hurley has picked the right life partner in that regard. Um, oh, this will yeah. be it for Jimmy Nance at the Final Four. Are you going to miss him?
1: Not really. Kay. Um yeah, I, I think he's very, very good. Uh, he's he's a nice guy. As uh, I probably told you, I met him very early on in his career uh, Was and remembered me from that. Uh, we I remember being on Radio Grow with you. We did a couple of interviews with him over the years. And, uh, you know, all good, and he's good at what he does. But, you know, Ian Eagle is just fine. I think maybe even better as a basketball play-by-play guy. We're going to get plenty of Nance on NFL football, he's going to sure. still be the lead guy. And uh, the Masters. You golf people, you yep. got him for, till he, he, he's, he's, already, he's already picked his retirement at 75, so you got like another decade of him at, at least.
0: Wait a minute, he said 75?
1: He, he said that he wanted to do the Masters at age 75. I think that's, that seems to be his walkaway day.
0: How old is he now? 63. Well, that's a good 12 years right there. Yeah. Of course, like most announcers, he'll get to 74 yeah, and yeah. then start clinging to the door frame <laughs> with his fingernails dug in. No! No!
1: <laughs> right? Yeah, well, he's he's leaving basketball, he says, college basketball, because he needs to be with his kids. Now, his kids are younger because yeah.
0: he's
1: had a, had a is, second marriage. And, you yes. know, it's, this is it, the yeah.
0: mulligan the Mulligan marriage. By the way, did he have yeah. kids from the first marriage whose wife...
1: He had a daughter, a daughter okay. from the first marriage who must be probably in her 30s at least. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so, yeah, he's, he's, he's saying he needs to be with them, but how many, you know, he does like five or six Sunday games during the season. And then the final four, I mean, really how much time has that taken up? I Seriously. Know.
0: I'll yeah. never forget, you know, Nance, when he got divorced, uh, they couldn't come to a nice, quiet, easy settlement. And so it actually went a trial which is unusual and it's not what you want obviously and so all these details start spilling out in the trial and nance went on the stand and testified that you know part of the reason I'm getting divorced is i get this great like oil painting of myself from the kiwanis club or whatever. And my wife wouldn't even let me hang it up in the house.
1: That's some dirty laundry. (laughs)
0: Exactly. And then like a day later, it's like, and the trial's over. We've now settled. We don't need any more of this shit out there for God's sakes. Well, I I will miss him on the final four. I think he's a nice touch. Now, look, I'm a huge Iron Eagle fan. But I'm a guy of once things are gone, they're gone, and I'm a traditionalist. So with Nance still being viable and good and at the top of his game, I don't think we need a change right now, but whatever. Yeah. yeah. yeah
1: I mean, I like I like Brent. I still think of Brent as the final. Even though he didn't do that many of them, I just think of him as, as the final four guy. But Yeah, you know.
0: absolutely. I really wish we could get these damn games out of the fucking football stadiums. It just it doesn't look or sound right and it's a complete joke for those people who buy tickets although this year's tickets were dirt cheap because of all the cinderellas that were there but it's just it's just such a suboptimal way to play the biggest games of the year in college basketball
1: i agree but you know you can't put that toothpaste back in the tube i believe the last time they played in a basketball arena was 96 when they played at the uh I think now demolished Brendan Burn Arena yes. in New Jersey.
0: That is correct. I think Kentucky was in that uh, final four, but yeah. yeah, 96 was it. And it was great. Now that was a bigger of the pro arenas. I was like a 20,000 seat pro arena mm-hmm. when they had tended to be about seventeen, eighteen thousand. 18,000, but yeah, I'd love to bring it back there. Apparently that's just never going to happen. Uh, meanwhile, our, uh, our former colleague of sorts, uh, your friend, He's not really my friend, although I'm, I'm Feinstein neutral. Feinstein has said he will not cover the final four because of Texas's gun laws, wrote a column about that in the Washington Post, and has just been catching strays ever since. Where do you stand on Feinstein making a professional stand on what is a political opinion?
1: Well, he and I are politically aligned on that issue. However... Um, to make it more about yourself, which I think he's really done here, uh, mm-hmm. is not is to me doesn't work as well as as it should have. Yes, no, because
0: that's I, I, that's that really isn't like you're supposed to be a pro, right? Like if you start yeah. digging into every state's laws that you do or do not agree on, I mean, shit, you're going to be boycotting everything.
1: Well, I mean it's it's his it's his right not to cover the final four if he doesn't want to do that for that True. purpose. I, but But to to stand on a soapbox and say, I went to the NCAA, and I said, you need to move this venue out of there, and they didn't do it, so I'm not going. Okay, well, you you, you have a lot of power in college basketball, John. You've been one of the top writers for a long time. You wrote the the greatest – Selling, I believe it's the number one selling sports book of all time. A Good about Walk Bobby Right? Yeah. No, 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 I'm sorry. That no. was his
0: golf book, A Good Walk Spoils, a season, a season on the break, yeah. which right. was one of the handful of sports books, Andy, that I have indeed mm. read. Have you actually? Oh, you actually cracked it open. I did. I read it in paperback in 1985, a young teenage uh, oh, El Baldo uh, with a 33-inch waist, a tuft of hair on my head, and a gleam in my eye. I read that book, and I liked it. Oh, that's when you were back reading books. Oh, okay. I, I, yeah, because I, <laughs> yeah, I, I, no, I read it when I was in high school, Andy, when he wrote it. <laughs> yeah, because
1: because I, of the books I've lent you, which have gone unopened over the years, I, I, I uh, I find that to be uh, you yeah. know, somewhat surprising, but anyway, yeah. He look his, his influence in college basketball is strong, but not strong enough to take a multi multi million dollar operation and just move it out of the state because he says so. Yeah. Um, you know, and 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 again, I, I I totally agree. We need stronger gun laws in this country. There's absolutely no doubt about that. But uh, to 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 kind of make it about yourself, which yeah. Is what he. Did
0: there was not you know he's he's lucky he's got an employer that'll back him on that you know because not every outlet and not every stance would be backed fully by your employer where you say oh, you oh, i'm not going there because of the state's abortion laws or yeah something else. Could, uh,
1: yeah right.
0: anyway uh don't tell him that i saw a story about how texas apparently now has ammo vending machines oh god okay. <laughs> you know, used to be able to get cigarettes out of a vending machine
1: I know. Well, that's now easier to buy a gun than cigarettes. It's disgusting. Well, that's, that's, you you know, not that's, that's not that's true.
0: That's not. Well, that's literally not true, but I don't want to go through telling you why that's not true, but you can look that up. Anyway, let's move on, shall we, Andy? Oh yes, honorary Oh honorary starter, where is your honor? Have you heard Gary Player, who I used to revere, wandering around the streets yelling for his soup like an old man these days. He's mm. saying things like I ranked the Masters the fourth of the four majors, and said without the players, Augusta would just be another course in Georgia. He also well, whined, "I can't even play a practice round with my three grandsons without having to beg a member for a tee time." Now,
1: now let me let me clarify this. Uh, didn't his son get popped? For some kind of uh, sponsorship deal that he yes. flouted, while, while Gary was a was an honorary yes. starter, while well, he the match. a
0: couple yeah. years ago, his brother, I believe, or it mm-hmm. might have been his son. I thought it was his son. Okay, yeah, his son, who's pretty old, because Gary Player is quite old, eighty three or whatever. Uh, his son held up this new golf ball they're promoting that yep. they had ownership stake in and held the box prominently in display of the cameras as Gary Player was teeing off on the on the honorary and sacred ceremonial first tee shot. <laughs> All right. And so didn't they ban him? Didn't yeah. they ban
1: the kid? Yeah. Okay. Go, get so, your fucking so-
0: kid out of here. So now there's this war. But here's the thing, okay? When Gary Player says, without the players, this would just be another course in Georgia, he makes the common athlete fallacy of, We're the reason all this exists wrong. You are a necessary part of all of this, but you, even you, Gary player are going to come and you're going to go, and there's going to be new guys that follow in your footsteps. Like, yeah,
1: but here's, here's my, you're going to have to clarify this for me, but as I understand it, the golf course is so beautiful. That people want to play it, and I yes. think if, if for some reason the, it, yes. the, uh, the 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 professional players didn't have a tournament there, people would still be dying to get on that course. Yeah,
0: right. Yes. Okay. Why yeah. so is the like ma- right. boil it down to this? Why is the Masters the Masters? It's not because Gary Player won it four times. It's mm-hmm. because it is the pristine tournament of all tournaments. It, it took Bobby Jones picking out an old nursery upon which would uh, be a suitable canvas for championship links, Andy, mm-hmm. and then hiring the great Alastair McKenzie, the great Scott who was designing courses back in the day to lay out the course and then for Bobby Jones and the green jackets to nurture and grow and develop this tournament and to maintain its traditions and to uh, insist upon the highest standards in every regard to the tournament and how they run it and the course's presentation and protecting it from the forces of crass commercialism all along the way. So in other words, they built this incredible stage upon which good golfers could play and become legends, which is what Gary Player did. It'd be akin to saying, you know, uh, that beautiful blue lake in the middle of Central Park, it'd just be a mud puddle without the ducks. (laughs) <laughs> no, no, no. People may come to see the Ducks, Andy, but the pond and the lake is the lake for what it is. It attracts the Ducks. It's not right. the other way around. It's like when the NBA players said, we're going to start our own league. Remember that brief oh, yes. moment yeah, yes. in time? Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> okay, go get your own arenas. Go get your own teams and names and structure and business deals and television contracts. It's so, it's, it's disappointing to me because gary player i put up on the pantheon i really had always been a huge gary player guy but he really is you know wandering the streets in a in a you know, bathrobe yelling where's my soup <laughs> it's like yeah, come on dude d-
1: disappointing yeah very yeah. disappointing this uh, is, well this is why jack didn't want to get into the ceremonial golf business yeah, you know that's right but, but i but, still but, do that first tee shot you son of
0: a bitch right, i hope talk I talk into it but, and i hope yeah. nicholas never gets this way Palmer never got this way. Palmer maintained his class all the way to the very end. I pray to God, Nicholas does as well, because this Gary Player thing is disappointed me. Okay. The commanders are still Andy for sale.
1: Yes, they are for sale. And
0: I believe they will be sold. Don't you? At this point, every day that goes by gets more and more problematic. You can tell Danny doesn't really have a 6 billion dollar bid on his table because right. it's it's shy of that from the the Harris group and there's no mm-hmm. competing bids apparently that would pass muster as well and so now he's left to signaling through his cronies like this Charles Gasparino gl- clown that oh you know what if Bezos wants to buy the team I won't object because I know that even though he owns the post, he doesn't control the editorial decision making.
1: Yeah, I mean, Danny is is petty enough to be stupid enough to really put it out there at the beginning. Yeah, Bezos can't bid. And, and, and also, remember, the early reporting on this sale was, oh, the bids are going well past what anybody expected, north of seven billion dollars. Right, And then you start to hear, no, nah, nah. he's not quite getting what he wants at $6 billion. And, you know, and then Bezos never really put in a bid in the first go-round, but you thought, okay, he's just going to sit and wait and, you know, see what everybody else does, and then he'll swoop in with the winning bid. And so now he's saying, you know, well, well yeah, why don't you bid? You know, <laughs> we're, gonna, we're trying to get the money up. I, I still think it's going to be the Harris Group. I, I think that makes the most sense, and I think they're going to get it done. But this is all part of negotiation. Remember this. Danny didn't get the team until May of of 1999. So for this to be done at the owners' meetings next month – I think that still fits within a pretty good timeline for them. I think they can still get it done and not have to disrupt anything for the season.
0: Yeah. And then they're talking about another rebrand, getting rid of the commanders. No, nah,
1: well that takes years and that, that may be something that they would take on, but they would be the commanders for at least, you know, two, three more years. And I, I don't think it's going to happen.
0: My first thought was nah, just leave it. You've already been through enough stupid nonsense with this. Don't do it all over again. But then I realized Andy, you do need to wipe the last vestiges of Snyder off the face of this franchise. And that name is the last vestige. It's the last desperate attempt for him to put more lipstick on the pig that was the team.
1: Right. And and and, and speaking of that, this Jason Wright who, you know, came in and was supposed to give them a whole new image and was supposed to end all the nonsense, and he has been cooperative in media interviews and is very smart, but he's had one blunder after another, and now he goes around saying, oh, yeah, an ownership change will energize this franchise. If I'm a potential owner, I look at him and I say, whoa, 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 whoa. You're supposed to have the back of the man who employs you So, so you're already smelling his blood and, and you're, you're dancing around saying, and he also is campaigning to work for the new owners. Get out, get out. (laughs) I don't want you. I don't want you here because you're going to do that to me someday.
0: Yeah, I know. He's a, Jason Wright is a very smart, very smooth talking, uh, guy who's got all the jingo, all the lingo, all the, uh, you know, all the terms and whatnot, Mm -hmm. But I just, I don't, I wouldn't trust him either if I was a commander's fan.
1: No, it's not, uh, to me, it's not a matter of trust. It's a matter of, he, he is 40 years old. He's not 50 years old with a great resume of, of being president of, of corporations. Right. And he's made a lot of mistakes along the way. He continues to make mistakes. And, uh, I'm not interested if I'm a billionaire and buying this team to uh, have more on the job training for this guy. I want to, I want a CEO who understands how to run a business and he has not, Proven that he's been very good at that.
0: Yeah, and then uh, finally, uh, the Nationals are now no longer for sale for the time being. The Lerner right. family has admitted quietly, yeah, it's off the table until they resolve the Masson thing. This was almost a year long that they sat there available to be purchased, and now they're not. The team is going to steamroll their way to another 105 loss season. I think in the long run of things, we're going to have to reassess just how good the Learners were. Yeah, they won a World Series. But it was a miracle World Series at that because they were nineteen and thirty one during the first part of that season. It was not a right. Oh, they're going to win it all this year. Look at this juggernaut team. They got hot as shit at just the right time.
1: But between two thousand twelve and two thousand nineteen, they had teams that were capable of winning World Series. So I, I, it's not like, like the Florida Marlins, where they built up a team for one year and then completely dismantled it.
0: Right, but uh, with, after but, after with they won. but with the current state they're in. They we may be in a ten year run where they're not relevant, you know? Well, I, I think he's the buried they've buried this team. Right, but but again, it's it's
1: the Peter Angelos situation. Angelos is ninety-three and not in good health. His will, according to Tom Levero, says that the team has to be sold. Once the team is sold, the massen deal dies, and then uh somebody can buy the team, maybe Ted, and uh and then use the use the games to uh provide software for his uh for his television okay. network so I think right. it makes
0: sense right. i uh, real quick i watched uh, caitlin clark i watched the whole iowa usc game yeah. on friday night i had not watched a whole women's basketball game for a long time she is amazing she's a lot of fun i didn't hate it but you know what watching the women's game did for me more than anything else made me appreciate the men's game even
1: more mm. <laughs> does that make me a jerk no, no, it's it's you're right about that. But she is the number one name in college basketball right now, which is hard to do. Uh, so she's she's been able to accomplish that, and she is at that game spectacular. It's a yeah. different game than the men's game, but at that game, she is unbelievable.
0: Yeah, and I'll watch the uh, the title game tonight, Sunday night. Yeah. as we tape afternoon. Yeah, uh, if that's right. Into afternoon. Your new bedtime. Yeah, Thank you. Be over probably by <laughs> six, six o'clock. Okay, perfect. All right, Andy. As always, Godspeed, my friend. Thank you. We'll talk to you next week.
1: All right, Zabe,
0: take care. There you go. All right, let's go ahead and end with some listener email, shall we? Zabe, longtime fan from D.C. A good friend of mine and I were talking about the great Ken Beatrice the other day. Ken Beatrice, for those who don't know, was the godfather of sports talk radio, and not just in Washington, D.C., on WMAL AM 630, but also really around the country. He was doing sports radio before it even even was a thing, basically. At nights on WMAL, which he would be this amazing sports expert that would know all these heights and weights and players you had never heard of and could deliver it with this thick Boston accent and this authority by which you're like, my God, Beatrice said it was so. It must be true. Now, 90% of what he said was solid, correct, and good opinions about sports. 10% on top was absolute, utter sunshine and bullshit and lies. (laughs) He would lie about things like having a team of scouts that was on his payroll to look at players. I mean, just some crazy stuff which you could get away with in the pre-internet era. We're talking... Uh, Late 70s, early 80s was the peak of uh, Ken Beatrice in D.C. I later would get to work with him at the very end of his career. I revered him, even though I knew when I was working with him that he had some serious uh, mental, It's the word I'm looking for? I mean, at that point of his life and his career, he could not give up the lie. So he would say things that were just like unbelievable. Small little lies, but still about sports. You're like, yeah, I don't know if that's true, Ken. Anyway, a good friend writes. Brendan Deegan and I were talking about Beatrice the other day. you next, and the Arby's commercials, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Anyways, I wanted to play him your little post Ken death homage on the radio, but it's not online anymore. At least none that I could find. Can you help me out? Thanks, Brendan. Brendan, I don't even remember what my post Ken radio homage to him was, I'm glad to hear that it was memorable enough to you that you would want to share it. All these years later, it's probably been 20 years since he passed. I wish I had kept all of my stuff. I wish I had kept all of it through the years. I never thought at the time, well, who's going to want this? I kind of want it now. There's a way to possibly repurpose it in a way that could be useful or at least interesting to to put out there some great arguments Andy and I used to have with our third guest on the sports reporters that would have been classics and maybe there would have been possibly although I doubt it, a way to monetize it in order to say hey you want some vintage stuff you know if you subscribe monthly you get access to the vintage vault I don't know but as far as the Beatrice thing I don't I think that's gone a loss to the wind my friend but uh, rest in peace still, Ken Beatrice, after all these years. Neil Shepard writes, I was today years old when I found out that the N-word with "izzle" is the same as the word that Whitey must never, ever, 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 ever utter. This off your discussion with Jay and the news anchor who got fired for doing the Snoop Dogg-like rhyme that had the word "izzle." He says, also, while I have you on the phone, can we stop bringing up anything to do with guns to Andy? I love, well, it's too late, (laughs) too late now. I love the guy, but his pure fear and hatred for something I'll assume he knows nothing about. But it has learned everything that he's learned about guns on the evening news. I'm sure his knowledge of them is very poor. I'd really love to ask him how guns actually kill people and what about mental health, young men growing up in fatherless homes or without a strong male role model. All these stories are terrible. It doesn't help that he switches into third gear when he gets triggered by words like guns or Trump. Well, I don't even bring up Trump to him. Crap to you. Keep up the good work. Neil in Janesville, Wisconsin. Well, listen. Andy, um, Andy doesn't like guns. He wants more laws. He would love to have Guns outlawed, he believes firmly that is a viable solution, or a viable, not solution, but viable thing to curb, reduce, or possibly prevent, to a certain extent, shootings in America. I, like many, many millions of Americans, not only think that is A, wishful thinking, but B, that cuts against one of the most essential things that makes America, America, the Second Amendment. And that's an argument we're not going to have here, but there you go. Sorry that it came up to today again, but I figured with the Feinstein story and <laughs> this news clip of ammos out of a vending machine in Texas, I that to me, I'm not sure like... Even I'm like, I don't think you should sell bullets out of a vending machine. Probably not a great idea. Imagine getting into a gunfight in the street and like, uh, come on, come on. Uh, Take my credit card. Wait, do you have another dollar bill? It's not crisp enough. It's not taking it. Pew, 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 pew. Damn it, I need more ammo. Uh, Let's see. What caliber am I looking for? Uh, I'm looking for the uh, 228. Okay, that is D6 and boop. Oh, God. it's No, it's D7. D seven getting shot at Al Mazika weighs in on Vegas resorts. He says, dear Steve, the only thing about the only thing that list of Vegas casinos, top three worst casinos and resorts that you played the clip of last week that should have been imploded by now is that circus circus was not first on that list. My wife and I stayed there in 1984. 84, 30, 40 years ago, it was a dump then, and neither Luxor nor Rio have even been built at the time. I'm stunned that it has not been raised to this day. Love the show. Keep the variety coming. Sincerely, Albert and Tucson. Well, here's the thing about Circus Circus. He's not wrong. It was a trashy, smoke-ridden dump back in the day. Dirty, yellowed, ugh. But that's kind of its advantage. It's always been that way. So you accept it for what it is. When that clip said, don't be fooled by the $8 room rates. I don't know if that's true or not, but it might be. It might be. You might be able to get an $8 room rate. You might be able to get an $8 room at a $2 steak, but ha ha, the joke's on you. You have to now sleep at Circus Circus and walk through the casino. Even if you wanted to get out of there to go gamble somewhere else they probably figure out, well, you're going to do a little bit of gambling in here. The thing about Luxor and Rio is that they were once new and nice and neat and shiny and aspired to be better. They were never the clown show that is Circus Circus. So that's why I think Circus Circus still exists and probably still should. Then there's finally this. James Humphreys, regarding Lamar Jackson, said, Zabe, I'm not the expert here, but I think you're missing something when you say, how much work is it for a team to try to go sign Lamar Jackson? Because my take was, oh, these teams are just making excuses. Like, we don't want to go through all the work to try to sign him and then have the Ravens just match. I said, what work? Just, you know, do the paperwork and put in a bid and say, we'll take him for this amount of money and we'll give you the two number one picks. James Humphreys makes a good point. He says, I think part of it is got to clear the cap space to make the offer to Jackson and then have that sitting on your books until he either accepts or rejects the offer from the Ravens. It would be the cutting and the restructuring to make that space available that is likely all the work. Thus, ending up on missing out on players, losing a bunch of your own free agents, pushing a ton of money into the future just to make it possible. It also requires, based on what Jackson turned down, offering a contract you don't want to actually offer. Those are all great points, James. And here one, here all, I stand corrected. Corrected. You're right. I overlooked all of that. And that's exactly the work, you're right, that teams don't want to do. Should the NFL change the rules to make it easier to, you know, say hypothetically we'll take him for two number ones in this contract, but we're not going to make any, (laughs) we're not going to sell the couch, sell the boat, and move out and clean out the basement until the deal is done? Yeah, the NFL should do that. But they don't want to do that because they want the franchise tag to remain as restrictive as possible. It's part of the owner's goals and they're succeeding. All right. That'll be it for me today. Thank you so much for listening. Sorry did not tape this at midnight or not midnight, but at least in the evening after the women's final four championship game was in the books. We could talk about Caitlin Clark uh, because I'm traveling today. I'll be at Brewers opening day. As you listen to this on a Monday morning or Monday afternoon, I will have done my show from the, outfield warning track at American Family Field for home opener for the Brewers 2023 season. It's going to be a lot of fun, so I'm looking forward to that. That's why I had to tape early, but it's here for your enjoyment, the Zapecast Thanks for listening. Tell a couple of friends. Rate and review as always. Have a great Monday. Enjoy tonight's title game and we will see you next time. Have a nice day. Make March Madness a moneymaker with MyBookie. Getting started is easy. Visit MyBookie online and use promo code ZABE to receive a deposit bonus up to $1,000. Grab your extra funds now and for a limited time, claim a free entry into the $150,000 MyBookie Madness Bracket Contest for a chance at the big money. If you're the type of guy who likes to fill out multiple brackets to get an advantage, you can do that too. The price of entry is less than an Uber, all for a shot at life-changing amounts of moolah. With so many brands to choose from, you need a platform that makes it simple to bet, and simple to win, and simple to get paid. Like MyBookie. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere, with MyBookie.